Welcome to Better Food Stories, a show that celebrates real food and the people and companies who make it. I'm your host, Audrea Greenhoff, and in this podcast, I'm sitting down with the entrepreneurs behind some of today's most innovative food brands to find out what it really takes to make it in this highly competitive space. Welcome back to another episode of the Better Food Stories podcast. I am your host, Audrea Greenhoff, and I'm really excited about today's episode. If you've been following along um, for any time, first of all, thank you. And um, if you've been listening to the episodes, then you probably know that one of my very biggest loves in life is artisan and specialty food. It's one of the reasons that I started this podcast. I just love the idea of something gourmet, something small batch, something artisan. And hopefully if you are a foodie as well, and that is why you listen to this podcast, you have discovered some wonderful companies yourself along with getting some occasional tidbits of business inspiration. So today on the show, I am excited to introduce you to Lauren Moran. She is the Baker co-founder and chief product officer for Eastern Standard Provisions, and they are a Boston-based gourmet pretzel company that makes delicious artisan pretzels using all-natural vegan ingredients without ever adding any corn syrup or artificial sweeteners or any other additives. Lauren is also the owner of the Honeycomb Bakery in Hamilton, Massachusetts. And in this interview, Lauren and I are talking all about creating the perfect pretzel. So we talk everything about how pretzels are made, the different ways that you can eat pretzels. She shares her favorite pretzel pairings and recipes using pretzels. And spoiler alert, Lauren is a pastry chef by trade. So she even talks a little bit about some pretzel-based desserts, which sound amazing and definitely should give you some inspiration in the kitchen. We also talk about what it's like to run a gourmet pretzel company, especially in the midst of this pandemic, and her biggest advice to aspiring food entrepreneurs. I think Lauren was a wonderful interview. She was so sweet and gave such great insight, and I think you'll really enjoy this episode. So here is my interview with Lauren Moran after a quick word about today's episode sponsor. Welcome to the Better Food Stories podcast. Thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you so much for having me. Why don't we start with you telling us a little bit about who you are and what your company Eastern Standard Provisions is all about? Sure. Um, My name is Lauren Moran and Eastern Standard Provisions is an artisan food company Um, Our first product is a soft pretzel that we created and have had a a lot of success with. And then we also have some um, salts for toppings and sugars, and we just launched our first sauce. That sounds really good. So what is the sauce? The sauce is a Maui onion mustard, and we're currently working on several other dipping sauces to go along with the soft pretzels. That sounds so delicious. It is, yes. How did you come up with the idea for this business? It's not the first business that you've launched, um, but how did you come up with, you know, getting into the pretzel game? Yeah, so um, two of my partners actually came up with the idea initially. 
Um, and they are, one is our CEO and one is our CMO currently. Um, so how it happened is they actually approached our third partner, Garrett Harker. And Garrett is a restaurateur in Boston. He owns um, Eastern Standard, the restaurant in Kenmore Square. And I had worked for Garrett for about six years. I was his executive pastry chef for all of his restaurants and the Hotel Commonwealth um, for quite a while. So when Bill and Mark approached Garrett, that's sort of when they brought me in is when Garrett said, you know, guys, this is a great idea. I love it. I'd love to be involved. Um, but the pretzel that is on, it was, I had a pretzel on one of Garrett's menus at the Hawthorne and he sort of said, you know, the, the, the girl behind the pretzel is Lauren. So if I'm going to do this, we have to bring her in. So that's where, you know, they all had me over for lunch and we talked about it and, um, I immediately wanted to collaborate with them and wanted to be on board. I had such, such respect for Garrett. Um, and I sort of knew that if this was something he was excited about and he thought would be really successful, then I wanted to be involved because I, just because of the trust I had in him. And, um, I had a great relationship working with him for all those years. So that was where they brought me in and, um, it's just gone from there. That's fantastic. And I'm browsing through your website right now and everything looks so good. So do you, right now you're currently shipping, are you shipping nationwide? We are. Yes. Our direct to consumer has increased drastically in the last two months or so. Um, as you could imagine. That's great. Yeah. Definitely online has been doing so well right now, especially it's hard to get, to get food. I think, you know, out in the grocery store, so people are ordering more online. And I think pretzels are one of those like comfort foods that we definitely want to have around as we start yeah. at home. Yeah, definitely. And our, all of our pretzels are what's called flow wrapped. So they're individually sealed. Um, so you can be really, you know, take comfort in the fact that it's not been touched by hands outside of the bakery and it's really safe. So I think that's another reason why we've seen success in the e-commerce space. So I'd love to talk about the traditional pretzel. How is it typically made? And um, how did you get into making pretzels? Sure, yeah. Um, so a traditional pretzel is is bread. So it's made the exact same way that bread has been made for thousands and thousands of years. Um, and that's what I go by as well. So I don't like to mess with something that has been made so beautifully for such a long time. So I really try to, to make it in the traditional way. And, um, that is really with minimal ingredients and we use very high quality ingredients in the pretzels, um, and all of our products. And so it's flour, salt, water, yeast. Um, we add a little bit of malt and, a a bit of sugar in the raw and then it's really just time and um, they're all hand knotted and allowed to rest at multiple intervals during the process just like bread so it's allowed to ferment um, and that's really what what makes it special is sort of allowing the bread to do its thing and and fermentation and um, that gives it more flavor 
So we, we don't rush anything along. We don't use any additives or preservatives or any of that junk. Um, and then what really makes a pretzel a pretzel as opposed to bread is the bath that it's dipped in. So it's dipped in a lye bath, which has that nice, um, you know, it makes it taste like a pretzel and gives that nice dark crust on the outside. The process of it seems so simple. Flour, salt, water, yeast. And yet pretzels out there vary so much and mm-hmm. as far as, you know, size and, and taste and consistency. What do you think is the secret to a really good pretzel? Because we know not all of them are created equal, right? So Absolutely. What's, standard, what's the, the secret to, you know, making so- it successful? Yeah, so our pretzels are actually a little different. Traditionally, um, pretzels are pretty dense and chewy and a bit heavy. Um, And, you know, there's many wonderful Belgian-style pretzels out there that are this kind of chewy, heavier um, dough. But what we decided to do and what I enjoy the most about our pretzels is we like them to be a bit airier and fluffier, almost like a brioche interior or um, like a French baguette interior where it's nice mm-hmm. and light. It still has that beautiful dark pretzel crust on the outside, but ours are quite a bit lighter on the inside um, than, than I think any others that I've tried. So that's sort of what sets us apart. Um, and I like that because it doesn't weigh you down. You can eat it without feeling that you overindulged or that you're weighed down at the end of the meal. Um, And we created this to really be a pairing with other craft items. So craft beers and craft cocktails. And these are the things that Garrett's known for in Boston and and beyond. Um, So if you're sitting down to have a really wonderful craft beer, you want something that holds up to that and that's made in the same, you know, up to the same standards, but you don't want it to fill you up completely. So we, we like to, you know, pair our pretzels with different things like that. Yeah. And there's something about beer and pretzels, right? That's so right. <laughs> it's perfect. It is. Like the one salt of those, like, and the yes. bitter beer. Yeah. It's yeah. one of those like heavenly uh, combinations. You guys also have a few recipes that you share on your website. What are some ideas that people can take to use your pretzels? Yeah, definitely. There's tons and tons of creative ways you could serve and eat our pretzels. And I've been experimenting um, quite a bit with it. But some of my favorite ways are we have um, what's called our turnbuckle, and that's like a stick. So if you butter and salt that and warm it up and then make it into a lobster roll, that is awesome. (laughs) Especially if you put a little bit of drawn butter over the top, it's delicious as a lobster roll. Um, I also love making sandwiches with them and pressing them. So um, like a ham and cheese, if you slice it and then fill it with the ham and cheese and press it or grill it like like you would a grilled cheese and dip (laughs) that in mustard, that's awesome. Um, and then I'm a pastry chef by trade. So I've also done a lot in the dessert space. So I've made ice cream sandwiches out of them and sprinkled sugar on top. Um, and then done some kind of fun sauces, caramel and, uh, Guinness hot, hot chocolate sauce. 
we've done and dipped in there. So, I mean, it's really so versatile that it can go sweet or savory. It could be an appetizer. It could be a main, um, slide pretzel sliders are everywhere and you can't go wrong with that. (laughs) Oh my gosh. That those are all such great ideas. And especially right now, I I know I'm finding myself in the kitchen a lot more than Mm -hmm. I was before, you know, a couple months ago and even just making sandwiches, this could be such a way to elevate that. Right. Right. And you know that someone took the care and time to make a great product. So I think that a lot of us are stuck at home and we're sort of (laughs) sick of doing the dishes and we want to order out because it's easier. So it's nice to have something like this that you can pull out of your freezer and sort of gussy it up a little bit, make it something special. Yeah. And pair it with a good beer, right? Mm -hmm, Yeah. And it's great for really everyone. I mean, I have, I own a bakery as well and we sell the pretzels there and we have a lot of kids that come in and, um, get the soft pretzels and it's just so satisfying for all ages. I love that. So for anyone who is interested in in purchasing some of your pretzels right now online, so you store them in the freezer, how long do they typically last and, and what is the best way to um, heat them up to, to get the most out of them. Yeah. Um, so they last, I would say six to eight months if you have a really good deep freezer, um, and you don't pull them in and out and in and out. And, um, the best way to heat them up is to pull them out, let them come to room temp for 20 or so minutes, butter them, salt them, and then pop them in an oven. I recommend around 400 degrees for four or five minutes, depending on the size of the pretzel that you ordered. Um, but they're also really great in a toaster oven. I have a, that's what I do at home. Most often is I pop them in the toaster oven and they come out great in that as well. Love it. Yeah, definitely something to switch things up in the kitchen. I absolutely love that. You did touch on, um, a little bit about what you were doing before, um, running this business. So I more about you and your background you mentioned um having a pastry chef background so was this always something that you wanted to do be a a pastry chef have your own business what was the the plan when you were growing up I always wanted my own business there was sort of an entrepreneurial side to me that I I always knew I wanted to go out on my own and do something um And I also have always loved food and known that whatever I do will be food related, but I didn't, um, I actually went, I went to college for television broadcast and communications. Um, I didn't have a whole lot of uh, idea of what I wanted to be when I grew up for a a while. Um, I ended up working in restaurants. I worked in restaurants my whole life and I um, sort of landed on Nantucket during college. And in the summers, I worked at a, a high-end fine dining restaurant. And I, I did a few other things out there. Um, and that's sort of where I caught the bug, I guess, and saw really how magical food service can be and how much I love to cook. So um, shortly after that, I went to BU. I went through their culinary certificate program and ended up with a pastry job in Boston and then worked my way up from there. And as I mentioned, I worked for Garrett for quite some time. And I still, even when I was working at all the restaurants that I did in Boston, I always knew sort of in the back of my head that 
I wanted to create my own business and be my own boss and do something um, on my own. So I ended up opening, I have a bakery and cafe now that I opened um, about coming up on three years this summer. Um, that's called Honeycomb in Hamilton. So that's sort of the path I took to get here. And um, Honeycomb was just about a year, a little over a year old when my partners approached me about Eastern Standard Provision. So it was a hard choice to sort of decide to jump in and and um, start another project, but I'm so glad that I did. Yeah, that's fantastic. And I'm sure you're keeping busy, especially right now. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. What do you think right now is the most exciting, both exciting and most challenging parts of being in the food business? I mean, now, right now, things are just wild. So um, everything is out the window. Um, I think sort of the, the challenging parts are really for me learning how to think on my toes and problem solving and taking a step back and looking at what is working because there's so many things that aren't right now. There's so many um, restaurants and, and food businesses that are really struggling. The ones that I think are getting by are the ones that are having to make major pivots and think about their business and um, sort of on the fly changing their whole vision, really. And those are the ones that are surviving. Um, with Eastern Standard Provisions, we're, we're very lucky in that we were already launched in the e-commerce space. So, you know, although we lost, we had over 200 restaurant partners um, in food service and we were in grocery and those two areas have gone basically down to zero because of COVID. Mm -hmm. We had this third space being e-commerce that is, has taken off. So we, you know, very quickly adjusted and put all of our energy into that um, and have been able to watch that grow. And similarly with, with Honeycomb, my other business, I, you know, changed completely to online ordering and a takeout model um, which was hard, you know, it was a lot of work and change and change isn't easy for, for anyone, especially a business to undergo, you know, within a week. Um, so that's definitely the challenging part is just figuring out how to, how to pivot and jump in and try something that you haven't done yet, um, and sort of hope for the best. But I'd say on the flip side of that, that's also, really the most rewarding part is being able to do that and see your business maintain or grow because you took a risk and worked your ass off really. And then you get to see, okay, this worked or this didn't work. Let's tweak that again. And really seeing your team come together is, is amazing. And it doesn't all work. Of course, you know, you try something and you try something else until it sticks. But, um, having the team that we have made it, made it a lot easier. We're all really well suited and we all have our specialties in the company. So, um, we made it happen and we're, we're still plugging along. <laughs> I love that. That's great. And congratulations on having, especially that e-commerce setup. That's very important right now. So yeah. that's yeah. awesome. You guys are 
are, you know, having success during this time. Do you have any advice to a lot of the people who listen to this show um, are food entrepreneurs themselves um, Mm -hmm. or maybe starting out their businesses? Do you have any advice or anything that you kind of wish you knew when you were starting out that you would tell people today? I think my advice to them would be to remember to step back. I think that sometimes I do this when I have an idea, I sort of run with that idea and I'm super laser focused on something that I want to happen. Um, and I forget to take a, take a step back and ask myself, is this working or is this the right way to go? Um, and I, I would, you know, strongly urge them to look at what they're pursuing and not be afraid to change their vision along the way, because you really have to. And if you don't take other people's ideas and, and into consideration and look at how things are moving and where they're moving, um, you can get yourself into some trouble. Um, so that, that would be my advice to just every step of the way, don't forget to step back and look at it and make sure you're still going on the path that, that is going to lead you to success and, and adjusting is part of that. And don't be afraid to, you know, change your plan or change, tweak the process along the way, because that's how you sort of reach reach your goals, really, you have to be able to look at it and and change along the way. Yeah, I think that's great advice, too. I think sometimes, you know, and it happens in all industries and all in creative endeavors, we get married to like an idea. And changing it almost feels like we failed because we changed. But I don't think that that's the case, right? Mm -hmm. So I think that's wonderful advice. Well, this has been awesome getting to know a little bit more about you and your business. Before we wrap up, I always do some kind of fun closing questions with all of my guests. Are you up for that? Yeah, definitely. Okay. So number one, what is the last movie or TV show that you watched? Um, So last night, this is kind of out of character, but my husband and I watched super bad last night because it was I on and we didn't feel like thinking much, you know? <laughs> um, yeah, it's a, it's hilarious. It was funnier than I remembered it being. <laughs> yes. I love it. So good. Yeah. And right now is a good time to, to watch something like that kind of. Yeah. Different. I love no it. No more news, please. Oh my gosh. Anything but the news. Totally. I hear you. <laughs> Number two, if you could only eat three foods for the rest of your life, what would they be? Okay, definitely spaghetti and meatballs. That's my number one. Okay. Um, and then I'd say tacos would have to be on that top three list. And I'm going to go with breakfast. I'm going to do eggs benedict. Yum. I like that. All good choices. Do you have a preference in your tacos? Carnitas, I think I'd say, or fish tacos. That's tied. Love it. Those are my favorites too. So good. Number three, what is your favorite place that you have ever traveled to? That has to be a tie between Paris and I got to um, actually study in New Zealand in college, which was oh, so awesome, cool. breathtaking. So I, I'll, I'm going to put both of those up there. <laughs> so cool. Love it. 
And number four, what is one thing most people would never guess about you? Well, I'm kind of an open book, but um, when I was younger, I used to sing like in chorus and things, and I'm actually in a giant glass radio commercial. (laughs) That's super cool. (laughs) It was fun. I love that. Well, again, thank you so much for for chatting with me today. Where can people learn more about Eastern Standard Provision and order some pretzels? Um, Definitely check us out at esprovisions.com. And we're also on Instagram and Facebook at esprovisions.